Hello and welcome to another episode of North 100. I'm Serge. Joining me as always, I have Jer, Alex, and Liam. Uh, this episode is brought to you by you, as always, at the Patreon at patreon.com slash Run. Let's start off today's episode as we always do with the best card you're not playing. Up today is me. And I want to talk about a card that is near and dear to my heart. It's Humility. <laughs> uh, humility is a wonderful four mana enchantment for two white white. It says each creature loses all abilities and is a 1-1. One, one. Man, such a simple line of text that causes so many judge headaches. It's symmetrical. No, it's not. It's, it's all creatures and all players equally. Uh, I think this card is great, uh, and I think the decks that should be playing that currently aren't are control decks. Um, specifically decks that are hoping to win through Planeswalkers or maybe a, a combo side game. Basically any deck that wants to get there with creatures, and sometimes even decks that want to get there with creatures. I was watching Nick Picard play a blue-white control deck. His win con primarily was Entreat the Angels, and he'd Entreat and put a bunch of 1-1s into play, and then just Disenchant Humility and kill them with Angels. Whoa, so, that's right? next level. This, right? this card's also a really good meta call for when there's a lot of creature combo decks, because mm. they'll often have literally no way to answer this, because their answers <laughs> to artifacts and enchantments will typically be things like yeah, Reclamation, Reclamation Sage, Casali yeah, Pride Mage, yeah. things like that. So. Unrelated, or mm -hmm. maybe related, you just reminded me that there's a card I need to put in Big Boros. Is, this? Is it Humility? No, it's Durgar Hedge Mage. Oh, the Hedge uh, Mage yeah, is solid. He's finally got a home! <laughs> yeah. Oh, that card's uh, so, so for those of you who don't know the Hedge Mage, it's two and a red-white hybrid for a 2-2 Dwarf Shaman. When it <laughs> enters the battlefield, if you control two or more mountains, you may destroy an artifact. And if you control two or more planes, you can destroy an enchantment. So if you control a Plateau and a, and a Sacred Foundry, you do both. Yeah. You, want, you ever want a three for one somebody? Anyway, that's yeah. a digression. Uh, so Humility, amazing card. Uh, also best friends with Moat if you're just trying to go for like a really slow lockout style Come control on, Serge, or prison deck. you're thinking too small. I think you need to think about Power Stone Minefield. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what is, what is oh, Power Stone Minefield? Power Stone Minefield is two an enchantment. White. Yeah, two red white. Whenever a creature attacks, Power Stone Minefield deals two damage to it. <laughs> Sorry, attacks or blocks. Yeah. This is four. Why have no... I don't know why you didn't know this card. I'm amazed. This, How has this, this not gone in every prison deck I've ever made? I don't you, know. you didn't know this card some, existed. Some call humility plus power stone minefield the hard lock. It's a pretty. It's a pretty hard lock. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's I didn't realize good. that it nugs on blocks as well. Yeah. This card just might be playable. To you, be honest, you might not need humility to play this card. <laughs> yeah. I played a game against Pat James once where he was on hoof, and I assembled humility plus Jake, Jace Architect of Thought. Yeah. And Jace Architect of Thought, if you tick it up, it has creates a delayed trigger that whenever you get attacked, the every creature that attacks you gets minus one minus zero until yeah. end of turn. Yeah. Hmm. So I just got to forever tick up Jace, and he could never. Huh. Damage me. I think I might need this creatures one as well. were one ones. This card's sweet. Wow. All right. So a note before we start today's episode. Uh, we kind of very briefly touched on it, but uh, Mana Drain has changed. So rather than going through the normal process of uh, uh, a massive sweeping points, the council... Why did the council change it well, outside uh, of this? So, yeah. so to be fair, there were votes on other cards, right? Okay. Or was it just Mana Drain that got voted on? No, it was on? just Mana Drain. It was just Mana Drain. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this card got changed because it was highly contentious, but... Mana yeah. Drain is now one point. Mana Drain's yeah, now was, one point. Yeah, it was a really close vote. Um, the people who wanted it to go up slightly outnumbered those who didn't. Yeah, it's been I was one, one of before, those who didn't. Hasn't it? It's been oh, it's no, a fourteen-point system. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, for those of you who are curious before or noticed that we kind of just slid it into the comments, it is official. Mana Drain is now one point. Update your deck if you have to. Don't play 11 points and, and get a game <laughs> Probably off. bad. Yeah, and then have to replace it with a basic land. Unless you want to make a statement that mana drain shouldn't be a point. No, no, yeah. no. Don't, we don't condone that behavior. All right. <laughs> Mostly. So today's theme um, is a FAQ-style episode, Frequently Asked Questions. Uh, we've gone through the comments of the past videos, we've checked Twitter, and we've noticed some trends, uh, some questions that a lot of people have asked over and over and over, and we figured uh, now would be a great time to answer them. Uh, and something that people have also asked for a lot is more segments. Uh, so the format for today's episode is going to be um, we A a Q, and then we talk about a best card we're not playing. And we're going to do that over and over until we run out of time. We've gotten off to a roaring start with about like three cards you're not playing <laughs> at the beginning. So there's going to be more to come. Yeah. So the first question 
that came up is, or this is kind of a combination no of a order. bunch of different questions. Yeah, that's a good way too. These are not ordered in any way, but the first one we wanted to talk about is, I want to build a deck around blank. So like, hey, I think this card is super sweet. How do I make a deck around it? And something that sort of applies to that as well is like, I want to make a deck around this tribe. Can I make that work? Uh, Jared, you want to start us off on this topic? Uh, yeah, so build around decks in Highlander traditionally don't work as well as they do in other formats. It's just harder to make it work due to the singleton large deck nature of the format. Like in Commander, you're very easily able to build around one legendary creature because you know you'll always have access to that yeah. without expending any resources. In a 4 of 60 format, you can build around a card or a theme much more easily because you have more tutors and just more of the, the card you want to get. So it's it's still doable, but just just more difficult in general. So here's a question. If you were going to evaluate something as a build-around strategy, how would you do that? Yeah. Um, oh, you want to go? Yeah, the, what I will tend to do is, because I get insane ideas in my head. Yeah. Like, what could I build a deck around? Like, this or that or the other thing. I will generally, like, throw every possible card that could potentially synergize with this theme in a pile, mm -hmm. and then just sort of look at it, and then pare away all the bad stuff and yeah. just like concentrate it down as far as it'll go and then be like is this gonna work is this a deck and a lot of times it'll be like no it won't well this is like, like zombie lander or vampire lander we've been trying for are, so those long are really that's close, what i'm saying though. it can be close it can be close but it's it's not it might not be there yet i think that zombie lander could work and vampire lander could <laughs> sort of work i don't think they're gonna be very good decks so why because... would you say they don't work so the the tribes like this is specifically talking about tribal decks. The tribes that work in Highlander are goblins and elves, because they're mainly because there's been so many of those um, creature types printed that the top like ten percent of them that make it into the Highlander deck are all of quite high quality. Um, every other tribe in Magic, there's just not as many. I'd argue and, that you could put humans and merfolk maybe in a slightly lower. Yeah, they're getting close. They're getting close. Like, I played four color humans and it's close, but that's you maybe one with that, didn't you? I, I think so. Maybe, but um, it actually four color humans points out an interesting flaw, which is that um, what I found in my research, at least into Zombie Lander, is that like to really reach for the cards you want, you have to start adding colors, and then that makes the deck like kind of janky and leaning on a lot of yeah. very unstable platforms and then it starts to sort of like lose the kind of cohesion that you want in the first place. Um, it is sometimes just a matter of there not being enough cards that are good enough to mm. like stick them all together and have them work. Um, but yeah, with those two tribes like vampires and zombies, it's very close. Let me throw a question to Liam. So if you were going to build around a card, what are you looking for in terms of impact? If, if to, to evaluate if an idea is doable or not, buildable or not. Yeah, so there's sort of two things you have to ask yourself. One is how important is this card to the strategy okay. that I'm building? And the second one is like, does this card win me the game? What's its impact? Yeah, like, like and uh, so there's, I think I think you can go two different ways. If you're trying to build around a card, like for instance, Serge, I know the other day you were like, yeah, I really want to build with Perforos in my deck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is like a, a good example, right? Perforos, really powerful when you draw it. Um, Perforos is actually a card you probably could build around yeah. because you could just build a tokens deck where if you never drew Perforos the entire night, it would be fine, yeah, right? You would still still, still just be a sweet tokens deck. Comparatively, if you say um, wanted to build around like Astral Slide, that's right. something Astral I've always slide. wanted to do and never been able to pull off. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Astral Slide is a three mana enchantment in white. So it's two and a white, and it says whenever you cycle a card. I think you you just you get to exile a creature, not even your own the creature. Card. Pardon me. So whenever you cycle a yeah, card, yeah. you may exile target oh, creature. Oh, yeah, exile yeah. Creature. And then if you do return it, so you get to flicker stuff over and over. So you get to do a lot of powerful effects. You can disrupt their combat and stuff like that. This is a card that you would have to build around, and I don't think has enough support. And I'll throw back to you as this is an example that wouldn't work. Anyway. Yeah, and, and the reason that Astral Strides slide st struggles is a the impact's not big enough. Like getting this sort of like nice disruptive element is like fine but if you're devoting your deck like you're playing cards like idyllic tutor and enlightened tutor to try and find astral slide um you just should be finding more powerful things basically if you're yeah. casting those tutors unfortunately like right yeah, yeah yeah astral slide just does not have the same kind of knockout power i will say that 
Um, since Ammon Cat and Hour Devastation brought us like more cycling cards, more cycling payoffs, um, it's possible that you could now build a cycling deck. Yeah. Um, but the building yeah, around maybe. Astral Slide is not is not necessarily power, powerful enough. But like you know, you now have cards like Astral Slide. Um, Drake Haven is another payoff. Yeah. Lightning the, Rift. Lightning Rift's another payoff. And then there's also the... Um, Faith of the Devoted. Yeah, and there's the yeah. Sarcophagus as well now, which yeah. got printed, which basically is like a draw 10 or Didn't, whatever if you have cycled cards in your graveyard. Yeah. Didn't Wheeler get uh, Hypergenesis to work a little better with all the new cycling creatures? Uh, uh, I, I don't know if that deck's before. like very real at it, all, but... It got better, but... Yeah, it's still it's maybe still not, not amazing. Playable. It, it, yeah, it still just has some like glaring weaknesses. In fact, maybe that's a great example. It's just like... You know, like uh, Hypergenesis works. It's a five-color deck that doesn't win very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it's like that's yeah. a good example of where the the deck building costs to building around a card are just too high, right? Like you can you can you have to play only cards that cost three or more. And sometimes when you successfully cascade into Hypergenesis, it's not even going to win you the game, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're going to have these dream scenarios where you put in like to like Urbrask plus Progenitus and yeah. you kill them. But that's that's not yeah. very common. Yeah. It turns out that like in our format sometimes the most expensive decks are not actually that good. Hey, like, that's, that's getting kind of close to home here. <laughs> <laughs> <Be> careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was trying to not throw you under the bus there, but yeah. But so like like ultimately when it comes down to it, when you're trying to decide can I build around this card, you have to ask your you have to be able to tell yourself like does this card win the game when it comes into play? If the answer to that question is yes, absolutely, you can build yeah. it on this card. Uh, is the card not winning you the game when it comes into play, but just like a powerful enough role player with enough support uh, that if you don't draw it, you're going to be fine? Yeah, you can play that card. But if it's a card that requires support and the support cards aren't good by themselves, yeah, then you can't play that deck. That that's yeah. that's when it gets or, to the point where that card no longer built much, much more difficult. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. you're working so much harder to do so much less. I think I think we're getting kind of negative on this. Ultimately, in the spirit of the format, I, experiment, give it a try. Absolutely. And then, and then, like what we're saying here, check the density. Is there enough stuff to support it? If so, go for it. Give it a try. Like in zombies and vampires, it's close. Yeah, it's real close. And it's, I think someday the, that deck will probably work. Oh, exactly. And it's also just like, it's a spectrum of like what work even means. Yeah, it's what's like, your local meta? Who you are you playing could, against? Like I could probably throw that deck together and like win some games with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like um, certainly give it a try. There's, there's a bunch of ideas that like I'll throw together um, quickly and I'll get like sometimes 20 or 30 cards in and be like, Okay, yeah, this isn't gonna work, yeah. and then I'll go to something else. But sometimes I'll just like get a heap. I think that's kind of how I came up with humans. Oh, no. I was just like, there's so many good humans Sorry. that you would just play anyways. What if I put them all in a deck together and then added a couple of tribal support cards? And it turned out the deck was totally sweet. So, yeah. All right, well, hopefully, hopefully your that... dreams be dreams. <laughs> hopefully, it answers your question. I'm choking on the water I drank, so pardon me. I'm going to throw to our first bonus best card you're not playing. Up now, we have Jer. Jer, what's your uh, secret tech? Uh, my secret tech for this <clears throat> week is Blossoming Defense, another standard card to oh. sort of oh, yeah, okay. stick with the, the theme of me Blank. bringing so up the most played standard card in Highlander. You're playing this in Highlander? Yeah, I'm, I've been playing in a lot of aggro and mid-range decks. Hmm. Recently, especially in the Victoria meta, people have started going away from sweepers and playing a lot of single target removal. And lots of times, Highlander players aren't conditioned to play around combat tricks. Yeah, no so, kidding. Well, because so few of them see play. It, exactly. So okay. if, as soon as you start playing a combat trick, it just lets you interact on this access that the the players in this format just aren't used to interacting on. So it huh. provides huge blowouts. Like, People in Highlander typically wait till the last minute to cast their instant speed removal because yeah. they're they've been trained to. Yeah, that that's how you get the most value out of your card, and a lot of times in Highlander you need to eke out the most value from all of your cards in order to win. But there are downsides to that, like giving the green player another draw step to find blossoming defense, then attack you, then you go to kill their thing, then you end up taking two more damage than yeah. if you just did it on their turn. And their thing's alive. Yeah, just for those yeah. who are listening, we should oh, probably right. describe this card. Yeah, uh, right. It's one green instant uh, target creature you control gets plus two, plus two, and gains hexproof until end of turn. So it changes both combat math and can be used to blank a removal spell. Yep. Are or you trying to get any cute, like, double strike shenanigans out of this? Or are you just playing it purely to blank removal and I, mess up combat math? Yeah, I think if you're playing a double strike shell, you're playing a ton of combat tricks. Where I think this card sees the most value is 
in like mid range and aggro decks when people expect no combat tricks yeah. or, or very few. Like cool. I, I played it in bug mid range just as a way to blank a really cheap way to blank a removal spell. Oh, I actually man. put it in over spell pierce because oh, I thought they'd be doing similar things, and mm -hmm. the, this card was insane for me Maybe every I time I drew it. Playing this in like uh, black mold alongside um, uh, vines of Aswood or something like that. Yeah, I actually think this card's better than vines of Aswood. I agree. It only takes one green instead yeah. of two. Well, it, it yeah, like vines in the case where you have infinite mana is obviously better, just like it has sure. a, a stronger effect. But yeah, this card I think is more versatile, and also it's like way easier to not telegraph. Like if you're constantly leaving up double green in all your attacks, or like <laughs> you're passing with double green up all the time, like an astute player is eventually going to sniff out hey, maybe something's up, but if, like, you can really easily conspicuously pass with a fetch land in play or, like, a forest untapped or hmm. a taiga untapped and people are just going to totally ignore the fact that you might be representing some kind of trick. Hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next question, which is, what is the weirdest deck you've ever played? Uh, and I want to I wanna start this off. Let's start off with Liam. Or wait, no, Liam's going to be extra spicy. Let's have Liam go last. Okay. Jared, tell me the weirdest deck you've ever made. So the weirdest deck I've ever played was probably Five Color Heartbeat Storm. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise known as the greatest roller coaster you've ever been on. Yeah, oh, man. The greatest so roller what's coaster. The why is it Five Color instead of just like a Palancron Infinite Mana deck? Well, it is a Palancron Infinite it, Mana deck. I mean, it is also that. <laughs> but it's just like... Can the, we just call it Mr. Bones's Wild Ride? The it's like so all in on <laughs> the getting getting a mana flare into effect into play, yeah. and then just casting a bunch of time twisters and then tendrilsing. So it's a mana flare effect, just for yeah, the people. So it's, it's an effect that doubles mana. Usually, both players. You also play Murari's Wake, which only doubles yours, but it's it's an enchantment that says whenever you tap a land, it adds double that mana. It's cool. Yeah, and it. It's a roller Just, coaster. <laughs> yeah, you, it's a deck that plays like far seeks, draw sevens, mana flares. Uh, it plays mind twist just for like the blowouts. Just to get them. Yeah. Now, why is this the weirdest deck you've ever made? Why isn't that just like just a normal, a perfectly normal Jer deck? Just because it does so many things that sort of try to break magic. Like it, it. In order to win, you need to draw like twenty-one cards in a turn, have have <laughs> lands tapping for double, and have your opponent doing nothing with double mana. So you All need right. to <laughs> you need to have a way to interact with your opponent uh, and break like two fundamental rules of magic. Sick. All right, the weirdest deck I have ever made. Uh, it was way back in the day when I was playing a lot of Enchantress, uh -huh. uh, and I was trying to find new and exciting ways to make Enchantress better. Because it wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't like very, very good. And I encountered this card called Oath of Druids, uh, which is a two mana oh, yeah. enchantment. That Not very widely played. If, you're, if, your, opponent, if your opponent has, um, has a creature, you reveal cards until you reveal a creature in your deck. And I was like, okay, I'm this Enchantress deck. I'm gonna also play Oath of Druids because I don't want to have any creatures. And I'm gonna cut all of my Enchantresses. So it was Enchantress with no Enchantress. Okay. okay. And I'm gonna have <laughs> Emrakul on the deck. Uh-huh. But wait, I had this sick idea where, you know a card you always want to have in Enchantress? What's that? Is Replenish. So Replenish is a four mana sorcery in white. So it's three and a white. Then you return all enchantments from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh-huh. So I was like, the other oh, card no. I'm going to have is no. Eternal Witness. So the two creatures in my deck were Emrakul and Eternal Witness. And the dream was Oath of Druids I either into Emrakul, in which case I'm like, great, I can't lose. Or Eternal Witness, hoping that I've put most of my enchantments into my graveyard and I can return Replenish to my deck, and then I cast Replenish and I get all of my enchantments. Because Oath mills you. Because what yeah. could possibly go wrong? I mean, this just sounds like one of those Frank Carson, what if every enchantment entered the battlefield at the same time articles just right. waiting to happen, right? right? Like, just like you're gonna have 11 things checking each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you have the judge quit for the day. <laughs> I was the judge, it was perfect. Yeah. I went through I went through I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> I went through a phase when I was just like judge.deck. Yeah. And I was like, what could possibly go wrong? Wizards uh, so anyways, the deck was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. And, um, speaking of enchantments, um, yeah. Enduring Renewal Combo, oh, yeah. a.k.a. Fruity Pebbles.deck. <laughs> Alright, before we even go to that, Enduring, is that the seven mana? What's Enduring Renewal? No, 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 that's Enduring Renewal. Two white, white. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, so two white, card. white enchantment. Play with your hand revealed. If you would draw a card, reveal the top card of your library instead. If it's a creature card, put it into your graveyard. Otherwise, draw a card. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from play, return it to your hand. 
the okay. so the way this works is you get this in play and then you get like a goblin bombardment and then a zero drop creature. Oh, oh! And then you just lethal them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you actually killed me with this. Pro possibly? Yeah, this deck was sweet. It's, it was clunky, but it was sweet. Yeah, it's called Fruity Pebbles, I think, because it plays a bunch of zero drop creatures. In yeah, so you play Ornithopter or Memnite yeah, or something like that. Ornithopter, Memnite, all three co uh, kobolds. Yeah. Um, there's a, a handful of other ones, like, yeah. like uh, Phyrexian Walker. Walker. You'd have you played Shield Sphere. Shield Sphere. You played uh, Academy Rector on this deck yeah. uh, because you could sack it to your Gumbo Bombardment to put this into play to finish the combo. And I think this deck also had um, what was it called? Uh, it, I think it played like Zillaport Cutthroat and um, Blood Artists. Yeah, stuff. just and then had other sack outlets. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, this was sweet. I remember this. So yeah, it. <laughs> It was fragile. It, but was, it was super a cool. Idea. Like it, it's one of those ones where it's like if you get to go off with this, it's nuts. But it's pretty. Otherwise, you play a lot of really atrocious cards, like sub-tier aristocrats. Yeah, like <laughs> there's only one copy of Enduring Renewal. You have to really bend over backwards to find it, and then you have to have like you have to have this specific card, and then like some kind of sack outlet that's gonna win the game. And then, like, the easiest part, I think, was getting the zero-drop creatures, because there were so many of them. Yeah. yeah. There's actually a decent number of redundancies there. But then there, you're but playing a bunch of those in a deck. You have to have all can, three together at the same time, and you... You like, can also play cards like Burning Tree Emissary and Priest of Urbrask. Yeah, ones that, ones that replace their own yeah, mana. Cool. Yeah, So... I love how this card had to be templated so that you... Like, they, wanted, they obviously wanted to make it so that you couldn't draw any more creatures once you played it. Yeah. So... The part where you have to play with your hand revealed is actually just like so that you couldn't cheat. <laughs> it's just like the play with your hand revealed part is just so that you like when you reveal every card, they know you don't have a creature in play yeah. or you're not drawing a creature. I don't know. It's like so interesting. It was like yeah. as like old magic card designs. Yeah. So I mean, I I think I put this deck together Three and I hours. may have played like a couple games and then I was like, oh yeah, this is just not ever going to be consistent. In I'll also anyway. point out this card's legal and modern in case anyone feels oh, like damn. going deep. Yeah. I mean, the kobolds aren't. Legal and modern, but <laughs> you don't but need kobolds. There's a Memnite. There's an Ornithopter. Phyrexian Walkers from Visions? Or is, is it well, Visions? Can, walking Ballista. Walking, no, walking no, Ballista. Can't, you can't Ballista. Ballista. State base will kill that yeah. one. You won't be able to sack it. You, if you, you have a Blood Artist it. in play, oh, okay, it does artist. work. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Jared's like, I get it. Thanks, Serge. <laughs> Just gotta go home and build this deck. All right, Liam. Let's hear it. What's the wackiest deck in your mind that you've ever played? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's People probably have different answers. So, uh... This question was really hard for me to answer because there's a lot of pretty wacky decks that I've played. But uh, the one I'm going to go with is the one I played I, when I moved away from Victoria the last tournament I played, or the second last tournament I played. I was yep. like, okay, I want to play a deck that like really I've, I've been wanting to play, but I was worried it was too bad. But now that I know I'm gonna <laughs> not no going to be here anymore, there's no stakes anymore, exactly. So uh, I really like Infect creatures, and I also really like green creature decks Punk? with like, no, 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 with like... Uh, tutors and like, you know, I like casting natural order. Um, so I built the old rug natural order for progenitus blazing shoal infect deck. And yeah, yeah, so, here's, so here's, the, here's the theory, right? Progenitus <laughs> is the best split card in the world because it's a great target for natural order. You win the game if you get it, but if you ever draw it, you then just cast your mystical tutor to tutor up the blazing shoal and you kill them with blazing shoal. And That's then, so spicy. And then, and then, so of course, Blazing Troll, like, pretty good on normal creatures, but even better on infect creatures. What? So we didn't play that many. We only played the best ones. We played Ink Moth <laughs> Nexus, Blighted Agent, and Glistener Elf as the you only three. We played three infect yeah, creatures. Yeah, three infect creatures. <laughs> Look, it was fine. We had a survival of the fittest to find them. Um, I had anger in this deck as well, so no, they would have I, I have the anger right now. This... Let me just explain quick, quickly what this this interaction uh, oh, is. Oh, sorry. The yes. card Blazing Shoal is X red red instant arcane. You may remove a red card with convert a mana cost X in your hand uh, from the game rather than pay for its cost. Target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. So the combo with this is like you exile uh, progenitus, which, is, which gives plus ten. Is plus a red o. card that gives it X is ten. So it's it's a free plus ten plus O pump spell. Yep. So on an infect creature, it just lethal's them. Yep. Those 11 poisons. 
And so uh, you might be wondering, Liam, did you win any games with this deck? Did you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I killed win Blazing Shoal. Yes. Pitching Progenitus. Yes. You lived the dream that's, in its entirety. It's really hot. It was pretty good. Yeah, I had to draw all my points to do it. Uh, every <laughs> single pointer card in my deck. You uh, can play Summoners Pact in this deck. Uh, you can. That's true. Well, I, I it's did. So bad, but you could do I, it. I didn't. I played. Are I played like Natural Order. Summoners Pacting for Glistener Elf. No, you're no, Summoners, no, summoners Pacting for, for Progenitus. Progenitus to pitch to Blazing. <laughs> Oh, like, but but sure. I did that. I, I played I played Natural Order, which was five or I think it was whatever four it was at the, at the time. time. Yeah, it was a seven yeah. point system. But yeah, I played like Mystical Tutor, Natural Order, Survival of the Fittest. It's a great point spread. Really good deck. Yeah. I'm really glad I saved you for the end there. Yeah, yeah I mean, was... so I think I might have even three one with this deck because I also right. had like Splinter Twin in my deck and like some good cards. Yeah. But we just, just also some like cards. had some Blazing Shoals mm -hmm. and some Infect creatures just for fun. Well, I'm going to throw right. back to you. Because uh, next up we have our next best card you're not playing, and up for that is you. Great, perfect. So yeah, uh, this card's pretty sweet. It's called Mask of Memory. So this is a two mana artifact. What? Uh, that's this? an equipment when equipped. It, so it costs two to uh, Cast, play and then yeah. one to equip. And when the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you may draw two cards. If you do, discard a card. Um, yeah. So this is. It's like if you it, hit somebody, draw one, loot one. How have I never heard yeah, of this card? It, it makes your it makes your creature into like a better Ophidian. So the kind of playing this in Workshop Weenie? Probably, yeah. Probably. Because that, that it's great in your deck. Why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> we did just now. Um, but so so the reason this card's good is uh, I think in particular in aggro decks a lot of the problems they run into is um, when you flood you don't have a lot of, of of stuff to do with your extra lands and this card's really good for dealing with that. The one issue is that the equipment slot is like very competitive. Yeah, um, like you're cutting. Well, you're not cutting anything, but it's just like this is trying to muscle in on like. Grafted Warrior, skull GK, Skull Clamp. I, yeah, I exactly. think the, the closest card in, I can, when I think of this card is to Smuggler's Copter, which also mm. often fits mm. into a mm. equipment yeah. slot. Um, but so this this card's particularly good. Uh, the place I first saw it was in a, a German Flying Man deck. Oh, yeah. Uh, like oh, a, yeah. Like a mono blue deck from German Lander, and which subsequently had been ported to to Canadian Highlander, which which looked pretty good. Uh, I played it when I was streaming, when I was streaming Highlander for a while. I played the Flying Men deck, and this card was insane every time I drew it. It was really good. Um, yeah, I think this card's really good. I'm playing Monora Death and Taxes right now, and I kind of want to put it into that deck. Lo local brewer extraordinaire Chris Ireland has been playing this card for, ah, for years. Yeah. 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 He so, also plays a lot of good uh, um, Flying Men decks, and he'll sometimes splash green for curiosity. Or blue. Or not curiosity. Or sorry, 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 splash red or black yeah. or yeah. white. He has them all. Yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, Flying Men. So amazing. He shipped me his non-foil Ink Fathom Witch when he got a foil one. Nice. All right, let's move on to our next question. This is one that's come up a lot, which is how do I convert my commander deck into a Highlander deck? Uh, and I think one of the first things we have to talk about is the fact that these are two very different formats. Uh, the fact that the, the deck building restriction, you don't always have a commander in hand, so for consistency it's not there, and the life total difference, just to start it off. Um, and then the last comparison is what kind of commander are you playing? Are you playing multiplayer commander or are you playing competitive one-on-one -on -one commander because one of those is closer than the other? Yeah, like 1v1 commander is about as close to our format as like EDH can get. Yeah. Um, whereas most of the strategies that would revolve around a multiplayer 40 life format are just not going to work in our format because it's just, it's so much faster. You don't have nearly as much time to like dirtle and put together, you know, whatever you feel like. So, I mean, the place you're going to start is, like, your top end is going to get, like, chopped off. Bring it down. Unless you have a way to, to cheat stuff into play, like, anything above CMC6. Unless um, you're a reanimator or a cheat deck yeah, or ramp or deck. Yeah, or ramp deck or something. <laughs> like, you just, you, you're not going to be able to make seven land drops and then cast a giant moron. Yeah, you need it to just, be yeah. planning to survive before you can do that. Or... Cheating into play, as you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. So constructive things. You, you've got this EDH deck. You're you're committed. You're going to move it on. Even playing competitive one v one. What's the first thing you're going to do? Uh, I'm going to look to put a lot more cheap interaction into my deck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stuff that and stuff that's going to help consistency. So. Uh, none of us profess to be experts on the commander format, by the way, so if we yeah. talk about cards that are just in every commander deck as though they're not, we're sorry, um, but th we're just trying to give the best advice we can. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, like if your commander deck is blue uh, and you're not running Ponder, Priority, and Brainstorm because maybe, you know, 
You don't need to. You have you much bigger impact. card draw. Yeah, yeah, you have bigger card draw effects. Those are the kind of cards you definitely want to get into your deck. Um, one thing that you can look at right away is if you have a bunch of cards that you maybe wanted to play but couldn't because of color identity. Yeah. So, so multicolored yeah, cards. cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah multicolored cards that you, you couldn't do because it, it breaks the color identity rule. Look at some of those cards that maybe get in. And, and the most important part is um, you can't be dependent on your commander anymore. So make sure if you have cards that are in there that are that are really not very good without the commander, those are those can be early ones to get out. Yeah. And you want to just get more general synergy cards in, more general powerful yeah. power cards in. We're not just talking about things like the, the lands that tap for whatever your commander's color identity is. Like, stuff that, where if, you're, if your strategy is based around, like, a New commander existing... curiosity or something like that. You know, like something that. like that. Like, you, you won't have um, reliable access to your commander, so you can't really plan around that. Yeah, you, you usually need to add a lot more redundancy if your deck is built around your commander. You need to either look at redundant pieces, like a common one I've seen is, like, Earl the Mist Stalker, and you you try to just like stack enchantments on, yeah, um, or Geist of Saint Traft is or a similar idea. Geist of Saint Traft, yeah, or or uh, Zer the Enchanter. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, one thing you can do is build a like hexproof style deck, mm -hmm. or just put in more creatures that are good to stockpile and enchantments onto. Like maybe yeah. build a double strike yeah, deck or like something. Yeah, like you end up like as like a Bogles deck. Yeah, you just you just need need some way to replace the redundancy of always having your commander into having a bunch of commander-like cards in your deck. So yeah. Joe can say, step one is watch our building a... You want to build your first uh, Highlander deck episode. Yeah. <laughs> so just for general tips on, like, your curve, um, it, it might be worth saying, uh, figure out what your points are going to be. Because mm. uh, A lot of commander decks have, like, 20 of yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a format where you can't just auto-include Sol Ring in every list, because Sol Ring is one of the pointed cards. So take a look at the point list, take a look at the cards that you, ha that you feel have a big impact in your deck, yeah. and pick which ones they are, and sort of zone in on that strategy. And while theme is important, uh, not every theme is going to be transferable from a commander deck over. They're just not as competitive 1v1, you won't have as much time. So try and figure out, you know, is your theme going to work in a faster clock if the other person, all their attention is just focused on, on getting you down as quickly as possible. Yeah, your, your cards with win the game printed on them tribal deck might not be quite as effective in, in this yeah. format, unfortunately. And there's also, like, um, provisions that you make for cards that are good in multiplayer that are not good in our format and yeah. vice versa. Like, this is a format where spot removal's really good. It like, is right now, yeah. Yeah, you, you get to play Lightning Bolt and, like, Arc Trail and, uh, was it Arc Lightning? No, no, no. Yeah, Arc, Arc, Arc Trail and, and Fork, Fork Bolt. Bolt. These yeah. are all insane cards in our format. Or Flame Shot. Yeah. But, yeah, those cards probably <laughs> unplayable in EDH because... Oh. Well, maybe. Who knows? Yes. Well, I don't know. We're but, not experts. But, but, but those, those yeah. are good cards to get in. Yeah. Uh, one other piece of advice I would have is I know uh, when people are playing your EDH decks, they often have a, a lot of pet cards in them because they, yeah. they like pet cards. And and what I would say is don't cut all the pet cards, actually. You can, you can absolutely keep some of them in. It's, it's not a problem. You might have to cut some. Who knows? Especially if they're expensive. Like we said, the curve's going to have to come down. But, like, please do not feel as though, like, this is a format where you must play the best cards mm -hmm. possible at all times and there's no room for any kind of personality. Like, yeah. absolutely play pet cards, play stuff you like, but maybe uh, just be a little bit more attentive and critical of how many you're playing and where they fit on the curve. Yeah. I think that's pretty solid on mm -hmm. that one. Any last comments on that one? All right, let's go to our next, next best card you're not playing. I'll come up with a better intro for the next one. Hey, Alex, tell me your, your, your spicy secrets. It's your boy, Flesh Carver. I don't know this. This is boy. actually a perfect segue because this card is from Commander. Oh, cool! Mm. Like every once in a while, we get actually we we get a lot of cards from yeah. Commander. If I can, if I may just say, like I personally don't care for Commander as a format. However, the cards that they print in the sets for Commander, a lot of them are really really cool oh, additions yeah. to yeah. our arsenal. So, in that sense, you know, I'm into it. Um, so Flash Carver is two and a black for a two-two Human Wizard. Mm. Um, so right away, there's two relevant. Uh, creature types. Yeah. Which is maybe good. Uh, it has Intimidate, mm. which everyone always forgets. <laughs> True. The number of times I've cracked in with this guy and they're like, block, and I'm and like, like, you uh, can't. Uh, uh. Cannot. Yeah, huh. it can only be blocked by uh, artifact or black creatures. Yeah. Um, it has an ability, one in a black, sacrifice another creature, put two plus one plus one counters on Flesh Carver. Mm -hmm. So you can use this for combat tricks or to just like bust stuff. I like playing this guy in Aristocrats. Hmm. Because his last ability is maybe the best of all. 
Uh, when Flesh Carver dies, put an XX Black Horror Creature token onto the battlefield, where X is Flesh Carver's power. Oh, now, cool. His power affected by anything. So if he's, go, wearing, go if he's wearing a grafted war gear and you kill him, you get a 5-5. Five five. If you've, if, like, I, I didn't put this guy in Human Tribal, but I probably could. Wow. Uh, <laughs> if, you know, he's anthemed or, you know, just wearing any equipment or anything. Or if the, you activate his ability. The replacement. Yeah, the, and the tokens as well. Um, the token that it creates is going to be that big. So perhaps if you cast Berserk on this creature. You know, sack a creature, make an attack, they can't block it, you berserk them. They take hit eight. They hit berserk, for like eight and then you have eight, 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 eight. million, making it, yeah, so. Okay, that's spicy. Uh, that's really man. spicy. So you're playing this in Aristocrats, would you play this in mid-range, aggro, what else do you put this like, in? Yeah, I think in the old black mold deck? Yeah, he, I think he's good in aggro, I think he's good in Aristocrats. Like, the, the evasion is huge, because cool. sometimes if they're like a one or a two color deck and they don't have a way to block this guy, you just pile everyone on board this yeah. guy. And then if they kill it, you get a replacement. Hmm. Yeah, so. also being able to sacrifice creatures for value is... It like comes up more than yeah, you think. Being yeah. able to blank an opposing GTA or batter skull or something, or that's actually like huge. You know, just getting in, especially then... as a more aggressive deck. Being it's also able... nice that it's instant speed, not sorcery speed, yep. which is a lot of these have the and you don't have to tap for either. But I want to restate that uh, being able to interact with GTA and batter skull are so huge in eternal formats. Yeah, any way you can do to keep them off GTA counters. Or if you're an aggressive deck, to be able to blank the life gain off a batter skull yeah, to, is those those lines are the difference between victory and defeat. To clarify that, what we're talking about is like, if they have, uh, if you're in aggro and you've beaten them down to almost dead, and they play a worm coil, yep, that's really bad news. But yep, sacrifice of X can help because you crack in with the team, they block one guy, and you sack him. It batter skull does or or uh, whatever worm coil life doesn't creature. deal damage, doesn't gain life. Yeah, and it's the same if. That creature's uh, carrying a GTA. It doesn't get counters. Yeah. So yeah. that's enormous. And you can do the same on defense. You can block and then sacrifice before damage so yeah. they don't get. Protect your life total. Don't get counters. Protect your life total. Yeah, it's, they don't it's very life. important. Um, and like being able to sacrifice creatures is actually quite powerful. Careful with cards with trample with this effect. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not as trample and you get rid of the creature, they're still going to hit you. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go to our last question. Uh, and this comes up a bunch, which is. Hey, you North 100 folk, you mentioned a lot of really weird deck names. Just like really bizarre things that don't make any sense. Oh, and so we've man. gone through and we've put together a list of some local terms for deck names. And we're going to go through and talk about what the list is and maybe where we got the nickname, if we even have any idea. Yeah. Uh, so the first one up is Sorensen. It is an archetype we've talked about in Tempo and we've talked about a lot and is also a player. Yeah, uh, it's a blue-green tempo, and it's named after Robin Sorensen. Cool. It's yeah, the person who invented the deck. Yeah. Also the mulligan rule. Yeah. It is the Sorensen mulligan rule, because yeah. he came up with that yeah, as the, well. Yeah, the seven six six five five four yep. four three three. Yeah. All right. Uh, so hopefully that clarifies that. It's an archetype and a human and a mulligan, all, all wrapped up in the Sorensen. Nice and clear And a now. very good player. And a really good with player. With a really bad deck box. Uh, the next deck we have is Cradle Hoof, a.k.a. Hoof, a.k.a. Cradle to the Grave. Uh, uh, Liam, you want to tell me about this deck? Yeah, sure. This is just the mono green combo deck. It's not strictly elves. It's got a lot of elves in it, but it, it's just the the sort of like the natural order primeval titan crater right. hoof deck. So what? what crater are... hoof and Gaia's cradle. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which the... is where the name cradle comes from. hoof. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just like a big green fast mana deck. Uh, whenever I talk about it, and I don't want to use this name, I just call it mono green combo, even though it <laughs> oftentimes has more colors in it than green. But yeah, it's yeah. basically just a big mana deck, a lot of green stuff. Yeah. A little cool. bit of red sometimes. Yep, some red, some black. Uh, some white. Next some up, blue. we have Sandra Bullock. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is just AKA pattern AKA always a bridesmaid, a.k.a. Pattern Rector. Jer? Yeah. yeah, so this is a deck. It's called Sandra Bullock locally, <laughs> colloquially, for a time, because it it lost in the finals a lot, mostly in the hands of Ben Wheeler and Spencer <laughs> Sackland. Uh, it, other, otherwise, it's known as Pattern Rector because it uses the... It uses a Academy Rector to go find Pattern of Rebirth to put on a creature, and that's the, the primary way the deck uses to win. So Pattern Rector, a much more, yeah, it's, more accurate it's, um, name, but it's a, Kiki, um, it's, a Protean. It's, it's, it's an Abzan-Protean-Hulk combo deck. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have 
Pat Pod. Huh, Alex, tell me about the Pat Pod. Pat Produsco. Uh, yeah. Man, I lost to this on Monday. That deck is... Wow, it's so hard. Okay, have you ever wrathed somebody and had their board get better? <laughs> what? Four-color Pat Pod is like, I don't know... So what are the four colors? Sorry. To, okay, so uh, it's... Um, four-color, four no, color, black. no black. Yeah. This is a... It, it's a deck that revolves largely around, like, Kiki-Jiki, Pestermite-style effects. Yeah. But it has access to a lot of a lot of redundant creatures so it it plays stuff like um karmic guide and revelark that's and what body the white double is for. and stuff yep. like that and you will get into situations with this deck where like i've i've played against this deck and i had like three removal spells in hand and i was like i'm still gonna lose <laughs> i cannot get rid of this board because yeah. it just brings everything back anyway it's named pat pod because uh a local player pat produsco um, has sort of pioneered this deck and like honed it to a razor sharp edge, and it's just really quite a scary tier one deck. One yeah. of my favorite inclusions of the Pat Pod is five color Venser. Venser, no. What? Venser? Four color? Five color. What's the artifact, Planeswalker? Finds in it five color. Oh, Tezzeret. Tezzeret. Oh, yeah. So, so he'll, play, he'll play Tezzeret the Seeker, which is a five mana Planeswalker for three blue, blue. Just a tutor for Birthing Pod. Mm. It's a five color tutor that if it resolves, you put Pod directly into play. And so I, I, and five I mana, not yeah, five color. Five mana. Five mana. Oh, Do you know this me. deck is playing That's Sahidi. why we were looking at you funny. You were saying yeah. five color and we were no, like, like five, no, no. five oh. mana Planeswalker five mana. named Tezzeret the Seeker. Yeah. Pardon me. I didn't realize this deck is playing Sahili right now. Yeah. Because it plays... Um, Some versions do. Yeah. Well, Felidar Guardian. Yeah, it plays Felidar Guardian, oh, which right. combos with Kiki-Jiki. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, <gasps> Pat was not not in, actually, on the Sahili Felidar Guardian for a really? long time. And now he likes Felidar Guardian. I'm still not sure he's playing Sahili. I don't hmm. think so. It, it It's interesting. Um, I think it's it also is, is called Pat Pod. I'm not sure he's the first one who started playing it, but he also played it for, like, a year he straight. He played it yeah. a lot. Yeah, so he, he played it the He most. knows all the insane lines. Yeah, yeah, easily the best pilot of it. Uh for now, ever. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone else will get better at it, but... Pod and, Pod and Highlander is a really cool deck, and you can do some neat stuff with it. Yeah, Birthing so. Pod is an insane deck. Like, you yeah. can... Well, I think most famously, you can pod any... Is it two-drop? Into a win? So like a one-drop and a two-drop. A, a, a two-drop. Yeah, a two-drop you can pod into a win. You can also pod a three-drop into a win. Yeah, if you have enough mana. Like, we're and talking... Life. You need yeah, life, too. Yeah, you need life points, but we're talking about like, any two-drop creature... Birthing pod and enough mana. Yeah, you, you can just dead. kill your you opponent. Four, four mana, eight life. Two drop Deceiver Exarch on tap pod. Uh, sack Deceiver Exarch, get Felidar Guardian. On tap pod, sack Felidar Guardian, get Karmic Guide, get Felidar Guardian back. On tap pod, sack Felidar Guardian, get Kiki Jiki. Kiki Jiki copies Karmic Guide, gets Felidar Guardian back. Kiki Flickers, Flickers Kiki, Kiki Jiki. Jiki. Then make it into copies. Alright, our next deck up and in order, it should be Liam, but instead I'm going to cut back uh, to our boy Alex here because it's Black Mold, uh, a deck you made. Yeah, I'm. Th this was uh, the the, mo the sincerest form of flattery you can get when you build a deck is when people start aping it. Yeah. And you see other people like taking your list in different directions. So what's your baby? What it's, is uh, Black Mold? It's uh, Golgari Aggro. Cool. Um, because I was inspired <clears throat> by Nelson Salahub's work with um, uh, Mono Black Aggro. Yeah. Uh, I really like that deck. And I tried adding green to it because it shores up some of um, Mono Black's inherent weaknesses and gives you access to like better creatures. Because black does not actually have very good creatures, but green does. And so if you collide the two, um, you get a, a very disruption. you get a very you get lots of disruption. You yeah. get lots of very strong creatures. You get lots of very stubborn creatures. Cool. And oh yeah, the regrowth the and a shocking one. number of haste creatures. Cool. Like the juice, yeah, the juice, <laughs> and, baby juice, and uh, the the Etherborn thing. Yeah, and yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah real yeah, good. Lots of stuff. I'm probably gonna have to rebuild that deck, mm. but yeah, it's called Black Mold because it's green black and it's mildewy. It's mildewy. Yeah. Uh, Alex's cards kind of stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a very flattering nickname. Yeah. Uh, next up is a deck I'll talk about because I made it. It's called Workshop Weenie. Uh, so a lot of people are familiar with White Weenie. Uh, which is the idea of a bunch of very cheap white cards, uh, normally pikers, so two ones for one, and then you play them out and you play an anthem and you just kind of go wide and try and get them. Uh, I was just like, I really wanted to make affinity a thing in Highlander, uh, and there aren't 
Uh, I mean, in Modern and Legacy, you can play four of Memnite, four of Ornithopter. You get that sort of depth. You don't have enough cheap ones that way. So I'm like, what can I do to get that same effect of dumping your hand really quickly? And then I discovered there's a little card called uh, Mishra's Workshop. Uh, yes, <laughs> a little, 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 little known card, Mishra's Workshop. Yeah, and and so it's it's basically trying to be the spirit of all those decks. It's a go-wide list, it's an affinity list, and that it's trying to dump its hand as quickly as possible, and it accelerates really quickly because there's a number of effects that let you produce a lot of colorless mana very quickly. So Ancient Tomb, City of Traders, Workshop, uh, Sol Ring, Mana Crypt, mana Crypt Academy. Tolarian Academy. There's these effects that just dump out a ton of mana if you can dump your hand and refill your hand. Um, and uh, with the printing of Kaladesh, that got kind of real. And and it's uh, close. Yeah, some it? other people started playing it too. Matthew Greer has been trying it and and putting well, up there's, some there's decent been numbers. Workshop Weenie and also like BattleBots, ba which oh, is a little I, I, different. Yeah, I guess we've talked about BattleBots too. BattleBots is the same idea, except instead of playing Memnite, you just play every um, Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Yeah, so I your guess goal it's more like a mid-range version. Yeah, kind of. It's weird because it's a it, its goal is you mulligan until you can play a four drop on turn one. <laughs> like that Spicy. is that is what that deck does. If you're not playing. Either a four drop on turn one or a five drop on turn two, you lose the game. <laughs> and the worst part about that deck is you often play a five drop on turn two, and they have a like swords to plowshare, and then your hand is empty, and you're That's... like, "Well, game two. Womp womp. So that deck is 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 when... higher blow up potential, but not as. Consistent. I guess it's like when you get them, you really get them, but when you get got, you really get. Got. It feels bad. It's a very high variance deck. Well, all right, moving on. I don't even know if I've heard this deck, but we've talked about it. It's Curb Your Enthusiasm. Can you tell me about this deck, Jer? Yeah, I played it at the Grand Prix side event in Vancouver uh, last is year. Uh, it's blue-green time walks. Oh, right. Oh, so my God. You, yeah. You ramp with... Uh, everything. Everything, yeah. Mana dorks, the enchant lands that make your lands like tap for more mana. Growth. Like, overgrowth. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, and also, like... Far seeks and nature's lures and stuff like that, and then you just try to set up a, a loop with time walks. It has a loop with mystical tutors, seasons past, and time walk. Right. So you can for nine mana every turn. You just only nine mana every turn. Yeah, very you, doable. Yeah, in that deck you get I mean, you get there like can get there on turn five pretty reliably. In Highlander, if you have nine mana, you should be able to win the game somehow. I would. I've been in that situation in Academy a lot of times. You're like, I've drawn twenty cards, I have infinite mana, and I still can't win. <laughs> QQ. Yeah. Um, I guess the nice thing with the ramp deck in those colors is you can play all the like the five to seven mana time walks as well. Yeah, you play all the, the time walks. You play <laughs> many, many. The the three five mana ones. You play Walk the Aeons. You play Part the Water Veil. You play Temporal Mastery. You play Time Stretch. You, you can. It's probably not correct, but I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the next deck up we have, uh, I'm going to get Liam to explain this one. It's uh, Seinfeld, also known as a deck about nothing. Yeah, so Seinfeld is a mono blue control deck that plays as few win conditions as conceivably possible <laughs> uh, and fills what? the rest of the deck with counter spells and like one or two bounce spells because, like, heck, they might get something in this play at the, some like, point. This is the like reason I hate blue Dot deck. deck. Uh, Why would you not play win cons? For fun. They just uh, get in the way. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, so the, the basic theory is like you play this deck in a metagame where people aren't going very fast because this deck, like, it can't actually not be to one drop, but it basically can't be to one drop. <laughs> like you stick Goblin Guy, and it's like game oh, two. Oh, that 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 card just kills you. This this like this can't beat Raging Goblin, let alone Goblin Guy. <laughs> Um, it's it's we're not kidding. Yeah, like we, it sounds like we're exaggerating, and we really aren't. Um, but basically, if, if you play in a metagame with like a lot of control and combo decks, this deck is insane because when your combo opponent goes like, "I wonder if he has it this turn," the answer is always yes. Yes, I always have a counter spell. Uh, and, and against control, they have like you know sub twenty win conditions most of the time. And we've talked about the sadistic sacrament test before. Well, this deck casts sadistic sacrament by never letting a spell resolve. Right, like you just never let their win condition. I'm going to counter your thirty five best spells. Can you? Win after that. Well, you don't even have to counter 35. You counter like 15, yeah. and you win. So, so Jared I... to die to Jace ultimate. Well, that Jace sometimes gets cut. That's too much of a thing. What? Yeah, it's true. The, Sounds like the, a win con there, Alex. We're it talking does. like Snapcaster Mage. Torrential Gear Hulk is this deck win? very conclave. Torrential Gear Hulk. Factory. Oh my goodness. Is it mono blue? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, you play Vidalcan Shackles oh, yeah. sometimes oh, yeah. you can as a concession. With their own creature. Dominate. Dominates really good in this Treachery? deck. Uh, no. You can, but you don't have to. It's pretty good. It's I don't a, know. It's a, I, I it's a blowout if you get 
because they often have a lot of removal spells stuck yeah, in your that's hand. True. If they removal spell the thing you're trying to treachery, then they get to untap and cast something, oh, and then you're okay. dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I won a tournament with this deck earlier this year. Oh my nice. goodness. Yeah. All right, and Alex, the last deck we have up is four color blood. This is uh, kind of <clears throat> something we got from uh, the German scene. It's yes. uh, four color, basically four color good stuff, no blue. Where does yeah. the word blood come from? Bloodbraid Elf. Yeah, that's the going theory, or the blood is red. Because it's basically like a Doran, like mid range right. deck then, splashing red. Then why is royal blood four color, no red? It has neither red nor blood braid elf. What? I've never even heard of that deck. Uh, that's, that's, like, that's, that's another Eurolander yeah, deck that yeah. we've Royal sort of blood? This yeah. deck. Yeah, this deck is basically um, a heap of the best cards ever printed. Um, yeah. the, the basic format of it is it plays a bunch of mana dorks um, into some insane three or four drop like multicolor threat that has haste that it, well either has haste or, like it's it it wants to slam like anafenza and like bloodbraid elf and like, saskia the unyielding is yeah saskia the, the, this is the best saskia the unyielding planeswalkers stuff like that if you uh, <laughs> if you go scour the internet uh, you can find on the geek fortress youtube channel uh, a video of myself and evan pepper who's a, a local player uh, playing at that tournament in the 3-0 bracket and we're joking he's playing four color blood and I'm playing four color scape shift and he's shuffling his deck and he presents it to me to, to cut uh, and I'm like oh I'm, I'm definitely just gonna like cut you to Saskia here and you're gonna kill me and I, I cut his deck and then he draws his card and reveals it as Saskia and kills me <laughs> holy cow <laughs> that's nuts it was pretty funny yeah the deck's, the deck's good I mean it, uh, Do you like value? It's just yeah, it's just yeah, value. it's like an aggressive value deck basically. Like you, you end the game quite quickly. Your cards are all really good. Like you're you, you're not going to top deck bad cards. Yeah, you you have deck. access to just like everything that's good. And yeah. The only real drawback is that you're in four colors, but yeah. you play dorks, so you're not even that harsh on yeah. uh, Blood Moon or back to basics. Yeah, that, that card's pretty harsh. It's still. probably still pretty back breaking, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's, you it's do have access to it. All right. Well, that's the end of our uh, Highlander deck name section. Uh, if you find any that we've talked about that uh, we may have missed, let us know in the comments and we'll we'll put together another Q&A episode on that. Let's do our last best card you're not playing segment because we said we'd end every every A with a Q and uh, a segment. And the last one is me, again. And the card I want to talk about is a card <laughs> near and dear to my heart, the Phyrexian Totem. Oh boy. So you Phyrexian like Totem is a three mana artifact, tap, add black to your mana pool, and for two and a black, it becomes a five, five, Black horror artifact with trample until end of turn, with a very minor downside. Just a little one, just which tiny, is tiny. if it's dealt any damage while being a creature, you have to sacrifice that many permanents. <laughs> so I love this card as a win con in prison decks or in like a black based control deck because there often ends up a time in a game where. If you've done your job well as a prison deck or in a control deck where both players are in top deck mode and you're like, man, I really wish I had a way to kill somebody. And traditionally you do that at that point with like a Mishra's Factory, but why hit them with a 2-2 when you can hit them with a 5-5? Well, like this is a four turn clock. Like if you have an empty board and can guarantee they don't have burn, yep. this is a four turn clock. Yeah, and if you just need ramp, you don't play against the red deck. I, and I told Jared that I was going to make this card my best card you're not playing. Jared's like, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> like, I what didn't are you call doing? you an idiot. I said the card was not good. Have you ever had this card, Harvest Pyred? I... Whoa, no! What is, what is Harvest oh, Pyred? No. It's one in a red for an uh, instant that says, uh, as an additional cost to cast this, exile a bunch of cards from your graveyard. It deals damage equal to the number of cards How exiled to target creatures. Yeah, but who's playing this card? How bad was it? <laughs> also, Stefan Janiszewski. Yeah. I haven't gotten to do it yet, but I mean, I'm looking forward to the chance. I have, I have done this to a, huh. I have done this to a jackal pup. I did eleven a burn player. Okay, once. Serge. Yo. This gives me a, a great end. I know we already did this segment, but there was one other weirdest deck I've ever played. Okay. Um, Stuffy doll. Yeah. <laughs> it, Stuffy doll does deck. It was Stuffy doll, Spite Mare, um, Boros, Boros Reckoner. Reckoner. Yeah. It got even danker. I played like Hornet Nest. I tried to make a I tried to make a Stuffy Doll deck once that had um, what was that thirteen mana sorcery deal thirteen damage blast in the sack deal thirteen damage meteor. It's eight red. <laughs> it's not good. Cards bona fide playable. Yeah. It's, All right, it's, Harvest it's just good. Blast in the sack just there, good. It's there, not the worst. Remind me, uh, do you have you guys ever heard of the enchantment repercussion? Yes. It's like a three mana red enchantment. I think it has a similar effect. Can you bring it up, uh, wonderful tech human? Repercussion. One red red. Whenever a creature is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to its con its controller. Huh. 
Just yeah. please. I've wanted to make a deck around this with Hieroclasm effects too. It's kind of cool. Ow. Yeah. That's harsh. Yeah. But, but so Phyrexian Totem. Phyrexian Totem. <laughs> bringing it way back. Phyrexian Totem is awesome. You should play it. And if you're not playing it or you think it's a bad card, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're right. <laughs> so let's go into our, our closing bits. Uh, and let's go with our normal closing section. Powerful magic. Ba -ba -ba uh, and up to date, we have Liam. Uh, it's I'm me. excited to hear your story. Yeah, so this is actually quite a recent story for me. There's a Highlander for Staples tournament event a couple weekends ago, and in the second round, I was playing, uh, I played this sort of like interesting, well, I thought it was interesting, Grixis mid-range deck. Um, I was basically like a, an all-in Splinter Twin deck. Okay. I had some other win conditions, but I was like really looking to win with Splinter Twin like quite a lot. I, I uh, Twin Flame Dualcaster Mage in my deck as well. Nice. Uh, was yeah. this when you lost the bet and you had to play it? No, no, that was a different time. I played <laughs> I played Abzan Pod Splashing Red for Twin Flame Dualcaster Mage that time, and I, I, I lost in the finals playing that deck, actually. All right. All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this deck was a, a Grixis midrange deck, and uh, I was playing against James Stevenson on Green-Black Eldrazi. Um, James Stevenson, GP Green top black. eight competitor. He, top he, four. Yeah, he top four GP wow. Portland playing standard, so congratulations to him. Uh, so we're playing, and uh, I, I had won, I'd lost game one, then won game two off the back of a Mana Crypt flip, which was pretty sick. And then in game three, um, his start had been quite good. He had made a fast Merit Lash from, from Dark Depths, but I had uh -huh. had uh, an Into the Royal to bounce it, which Ooh, basically, nice. yeah, kind of feels good. Kind of, yeah, like flattened his plan, and then I had like, Hand attacked him, saw that his hand was Sakura Tribelder Mana Crypt. I'd left him the Mana Crypt because I knew I might need it as a win condition. And then I'd stuck uh, a Jace the Mind Sculptor and I was upticking to just, because okay. sure. I knew he didn't have any gas, so yeah. I was just trying to keep him off of, like he had like a lot of mana, so I just had to keep him off of relevant gas. And so this goes on, my Jace is at like 10 or 11, it's quite high. And finally I uptick and I see Mind Twist. And my hand has a couple, has one counterspell in it. And so I'm thinking, uh, I don't really want to give him this mind twist because uh, I have other cards in my hand that might also be good, right? I have like a creature uh, that I can use. I have like a Vile Smasher in my hand, I think, and I might have had a discard spell as well. And I, I basically, I didn't want to let him have mind twist. In retrospect, it's probably wrong. I was probably just supposed to let him have mind twist because I was just going to uptick again the next turn and I, I mean, think I was going to ultimate yeah. the turn after. Oh, no. But I bought him the mind twist. Then he draws first turn and he draws Eye of Ugin. Uh, which is really good because he yeah. has a, a literal gazillion mana, and so I have to stop upticking. And then he uses Ayavugan to go get Emrakul, the Promised End. Um, is that one uncounterable? It's no. not uncounterable, but it has a cast trigger which lets, which makes him take my next turn. And then well, after that, I get a turn. You. Yeah, exactly. It's not quite oh. mind slaver because then I get a turn afterwards. Sure. But he, yeah, he gets to take a turn before I get to take a turn. So he tutors that up, casts it. The only counterspell I have left in my hand. Uh, is not especially good in this situation, but I have to cast it anyway. I have remand on hand. So I have to remand this Emrakul to either hope to draw either a counterspell, like I have other counterspells in my deck, so I can hope to draw one of those counterspells, because, but I have to do it because I have to keep this 13-13 off the board. Sure. Because uh, I have creatures in play. I actually have a bunch of win conditions in play at this point. When I realized I had to pivot, I had started trying to get some damage in play. You know, I had a Wandering Funeral. That was a, a cracking in. I had uh, a vile smasher that was dealing some damage. This kind of stuff. So James Emrakul the Promise sends me. I remand it. He takes my turn, and he kills my wandering fumeral, all my creatures. He like brainstorms with my Jace, uh, puts all my good cards back, makes me cast a removal spell on my own thing. I have City of Brass in play, which I'm like sort of slowly dying to as well, because he's just tapping it it's for like mana. Purple. Right, yeah. So then I untap, I draw a card. I can't really do anything, so I just have to like brainstorm and hide some stuff. Um, and then he gets to Emrakul the Promised End me again. You, you do get to cast Platinum Imperium. Sorry, on this yes, turn. that is oh, true. That is relevant. This is very it, relevant. It, it's not. You didn't do complete nothing with your uh, turn. No, no, no. I, I didn't cast Plats that turn. I thought you did. Next no. Time. All right. Uh, All right. Well, wait, it's okay. relevant to the story All that right, I did. Sure. Um, I, I had to. I floated it on top because it was bad. Right. Um, so I don't. I don't really do anything. He untaps. He takes my turn again. Um, and on this turn, he like looks at my hand. My hand doesn't really do very much. He knows at least one of the cards on top of my deck because he put it there with Brainstorm. So he bra brainstorms with Jace again, and he draws like blank, blank, and then the third card he draws is Kess Dissident Mage, and my graveyard is just like stacked mm. oh, full no. of things because this has been a long, a long game. So Kess is one Grixis, one black 
one generic and then black, blue, red. For three, four flyer that says on your turn, you may cast a spell from your graveyard, yep. basically. Instant or sorcery, yeah. Yeah, and so he gets to like cast Kess, cast a twin flame out of my graveyard oh, to no. make me sacrifice the Kess, cast another spell out of my graveyard with the new instance of Kess. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm at one. Uh, <laughs> and then I untap and play a, a Platinum Empyrean, uh, and I get to like uh, not die, basically, because I can, I can like, I, I can't kill the, the Emrakul the Promised End, but he can't kill me because I have the Platinum Empyrean in play. And then, and then two turns later, I managed to remove the Emrakul and kill him in, <laughs> in turns. Or sorry, no, it wasn't even that I, I, I burned him. I had a burn spell nice. or something that I killed him with in turns. Good so, gravy. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty crazy game. It was a crazy game to watch. Huh. Well, thank you for the story. Thanks. Anyways, uh, that's our episode for today. So um, definitely keep the questions coming. We're taking a look at them. And we, we got to a point where we're like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of really good questions here. And we want to we wanna take some time and... Thank you for, for watching and letting us know what your concerns are and what your questions are because we love the format and we want, we want you to know that we like you. Yeah? Yeah. We, uh, we read all the comments as always. So Yeah, you can you can address them specifically. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much. This episode is brought to you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Uh, I also want to remind you that we have a specific Highlander channel in Loading Ready Run Discord. So hop in and come check that out if you're looking for people to play with or if you just want to like chat about the format because we think it's kind of sweet. Uh, I want to thank um, everybody for being on the show today because I think you're all pretty awesome. And thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Later.